and welcome to Into the Aether 2.9. It's a low-key video game <laughs> podcast. My name is Brenda Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Uh, Brendan, your your day is here. This is a holiday for you, I feel like. Or maybe it's a... I don't know. We'll find out what kind of day it is. But Kingdom Hearts 3 exists now, and you've been playing it. Yeah, I, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. I went to the midnight release for the first time, I think, since I was in college. I, I uh, stood in line with a bunch of other people who were trying to pretend like they were too cool to be there. But, you know... Everybody is there for Kingdom Hearts, so <laughs> yeah. Someone's like, "Do you have Steep? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a used copy of Steep? I missed it when it was a uh, PS Plus, and I, I just I heard a great recommendation on a podcast. I know, I know, egg on my face, but you know, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kingdom Hearts three is out. I have played, um, I think, about sixteen to twenty hours somewhere in that vicinity oh, wow. at this okay. point. I am pretty far in. How far in are you? And also, what should we do spoilers wise? I am, I think, about six hours in. I had a much less dramatic entry point to this game. I, I downloaded it digitally. <laughs> there was, because you texted me, you said that uh, GameStop. Uh, I had to throw salt over my shoulder after I said that. Uh-huh. Um, select GameStops, even worse, yes. uh, were... They had, like, the game at 9 p.m. Yeah, um, apparently that's a thing that GameStop and Best Buy both do. They'll sell, like, uh, select copies before midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, there is one, like, that took a 15-minute walk from my apartment that I've been to before. And they're actually, like, they're nice people who work there. Um, but, you know, the brand salts over my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, do I walk over there? And that's when the polar vortex in Chicago happened. And it was like negative 20. You'll die if you're outside. I'm like, I don't know if, if I love this series enough to risk <laughs> to death die. for it quite yet. <laughs> so I, I downloaded it at midnight. And yeah, I'm, I'm about six hours in. Um, in terms of spoilers, I think like, I'll, well, I think we'll say right off the bat, like if you want to go into this game completely blind, uh, we're going to probably spend most of the episode talking about it, um, at least in some way. So if you want it to be completely fresh experience, if you just skip this one, um, we do our last episode is basically all about us revisiting one and two and also talking about the series as a whole. Um, so maybe if you haven't listened to that, check that one out regardless of, of, uh, spoiler territory. Yeah. But if you want Kingdom Hearts content from us that isn't <laughs> three spoiler related, you're in luck. Yes. Um, I, I do think maybe the two of us can just kind of talk about initial impressions, overall feelings before talking about any specifics. Yeah. Really. Why don't we, why don't we in the first half, why don't we do initial feelings and opinions and like takes and then in the second half we can get into more specifics i guess yeah or we'll, we'll see where the tide takes us yeah i am personally more curious about your feelings oh really okay yeah and i i don't know why but that just feels correct to go to you first for this <laughs> it's as so a person who has already said on this episode in in the six minutes we've been recording um that that you are not as big of a fan i mean i franchise as a whole it's funny and it's very kind of you to give me the go first role here because like in my head i'm like i'm gonna let brendan do his thing in this episode (laughs) this is like you know the like uh the shakespearean monologue of into the aether for you like this is when like (laughs) Both kings have left the room and Brendan is alone and he's looking at a skull that's also Mm. a Mickey Mouse skull. Um, Yeah. uh, Okay, so I will say, like, if you if you haven't listened to the last episode, I think we go into our opinions on the series pretty strongly. Um, But in short, my my experience with this series has been when the first one came out, I got it. The second one came out, I got it. I was 11 and 16, respectively, when those games come out. And I really love them upon release. Uh, I. 
also mentioned last episode that like my gateway into RPGs was Final Fantasy VII. So I think that like for people whose gateway into games or RPGs was Kingdom Hearts, there's like that that really special place in their heart. No pun intended for it. <laughs> um, can't believe I did that. Uh, <clears throat> but for me, it's, they were sort of like, okay, I really like these games when they came out, and then I kind of moved on. So I have not been actively waiting for this game, and that that's less less so is it me not liking the series and more is it me like i have not been waiting for this game like you have and like many Mm -hmm. others have yeah although honestly uh upon revisiting the first one it did make me really excited for this game to come out because i think the first one holds up exceptionally well yeah so this game my first impressions were pretty bad honestly i i found the so i went in very excited i watched all of five intros uh i even watched the one that was just like two people playing chess and the cut scenes from the old games mm-hmm. sign me up i'm in and it began with a very similar dream sequence to the first game which i've gone on record saying how much i liked uh, but this time it's it's not you choosing a sword wand or shield but it's you choosing a cut scene from an old older game which yeah. kind of already sets the tone of like okay this is a very inward facing game isn't right Um, it is completely aware of how long it's been since the last game yeah for sure um but that worked and then you fight the like cthulhu heartless in heaven i was so into that Mm -hmm. then it gets to the cutscenes, and like look we 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 both are people who who judge things based solely on what their intentions are so like coming into kingdom hearts expecting anything but kingdom hearts kind of vibe is is wrong like it is what it is yeah but literally having just played the first game i was like baffled at how like just how embarrassed i felt during some of the earlier cutscenes. like like and, and then listen like the first game the second game like they're both very corny as well but like you do kind of get suckered into it I felt so like on the other side in the early cutscenes in this game where I was like, I feel like this feels really off. Yeah. Like it's suddenly, you know, the series has kind of been based on the fact of like, Oh, like I can't believe how well this works despite all odds. But in the beginning for me, it suddenly felt like it wasn't working and I was like, Oh, this is rough. Yeah. And the whole prologue sequence, I honestly found to be kind of nightmarish because like, and this is when you're in the Hercules world um, mm-hmm. and they're kind of teaching you the basics of the game. Something about something unplaceable about the cutscenes felt really off. Uh, and then you get Sir Hercules world. And at that point, the only really plot piece you're getting is that Sora has lost like a lot of his power and Goofy and Donald are like, you'll get it back. But the thing is, Sora's like able to summon Disney rides and like <laughs> kill hordes of heartless, like with his pinky. So you don't really feel that as a player. And and I was kind of expecting like, and and the Hercules world is what you expect. Like it's, it was fun to see Hades again. And it was fun to see all these characters, but like every scene just felt like 30 seconds too long. There was like a dial up delay to everything. And again, like, yes, I've just played the first one. Like I know what this is. Like I'm not trying to, to be too harsh on it, but even, even for the series standard, it felt like real off. Yeah. We both Um, separately mentioned that we were glad that we had played an earlier game recently just to Mm -hmm. say like okay was it always this corny or this bad or this stilted it's like no no it wasn't and i think 
talking about it out loud, the, the key difference here, and I think this actually does carry into the rest of the game um, for me, but Sora feels the most off because like in the first game, he's he's a kid, like he's aloof and he's kind of happy go lucky. But like, yeah, it's more of a fish out of water story, honestly. Right. Like it's it's just a kid trying to find his friends and three. He f- it feels like they're going for the like the Goku like, oh, no big deal. But like, yes. It's done so much to the point where I'm like, is he the villain of this story? <laughs> like, nothing. <laughs> There's a difference between being happy-go-lucky and being like just emotionally distant from yeah. everything, right. you know. And like, so it just create it. Like Sora sounds like he's a host of a children's television show talking to children. Like, where do you think I found the last clue? Is yeah. it here? Right. And I get that. Like, he could very well be talking to children, but like. It's it was just a lot. Um, even even coming out of the first game again, like we don't we don't really go on the show like looking for things to critique, but it was it was honestly kind of baffling going into the game. Yeah, and I kept the whole prologue felt like in movies where there's like a dream sequence where things are a little too good to be true, and then there's like a big dark reveal because mm-hmm. like you fight Hades and he goes away and Herc's like, yeah, you're a hero, and he's like, I guess I am. Maybe I'll find my power again, and then it ends, and you're like, oh, that was just it. Yeah, like I thought it was going to be because like because you could do so much in the very beginning. And that's a point I'll get to later. But the fact that like it feels like in Symphony of the Night where you start that game with like all your abilities and you're unstoppable and then death takes away everything and then yes. you're building yourself back up. Like even though I will say like I'm enjoying this game much more now. Uh, so if you're worried that I dislike the whole game, you can you can toss that aside. I still think a lot of my criticisms criticisms stay throughout the game but i'll get into why it has warmed on me or i've warmed up to it later but i just thought like we we talked in the last episode about how you even made comparisons of this series to hollow knight where like you start with nothing you build your way up like you start with way too much in this game i get that sora is like a legendary keyblade master at this point in the story but starting the game with that much at your disposal mixed with the fact that characters keep saying that he has lost his power just makes me feel confused yeah Um, not to get too in the weeds but like in kingdom hearts one and two when you start those games and you open up the ability menu you don't have any and in this game when you open up the ability menu in the beginning of the game you have to scroll because you have so many already. Yeah. Which is like Not a mention, huge difference. So I, I like you was also waiting for the symphony of the night moment where it was like, okay, let's take all this yeah. away from you. What happened? A switch went off eventually where I got through the prologue and I was like, I was, I remember I was messaging you. I was like, I, I'm really worried. I'm going to really hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, and this, I went in with such open arms. Like I truly did. Yeah. But I was like, this feels like real bad. Like I'm, I I got that like nervous feeling in my head and mind or head and mind, my head and heart. I I don't want to say heart routinely, but I I guess I have to, (laughs) I got the same feeling watching the crystal skull, Indiana Jones where like halfway through, I'm like, Oh no, is it going to, it's not. Oh, Oh, it did. (laughs) He walked out feeling kind of sick. So what happened with this game was, uh, Hercules is a nightmare. I'm like, okay, like I'm going to give it like a couple more hours and see how I feel. I got to Twilight Town and there was a point in Twilight Town where using my new Keyblade, I summoned Pegasus from Hercules and was just on a chariot summoning lightning in a horde of Heartless while like the Twilight Town music was playing and then like talked to Olette about like a ratatouille recipe I just made. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm back. Yes. Like this is like... <laughs> 
Yeah. The, the best comparison I can make for this game is that even compared to the other games in the series, you really have to let go. Like truly it is a ride, just like the ride attacks where like you have to just buckle up and be like, I'm letting go of any ounce yeah. of conscious mind I have here. Um, and I've been enjoying it a lot more. Really, where where the, a switch went off was the Toy Story world, which we'll get into more specifically later. But like, that's where like the charm of the Disney series mixed with the like melodramatic, over the top story really came back to it. Clicked again, and I'm like, okay, like I may have my critiques with like the combat still feels wildly out of my control. You can like change which Keyblade you have that gives you different like super moves, and that's kind of cool but it still feels like uh they give me like in the second game and that game also by the end felt kind of over the top where like every second you're getting triangle cinematic moves yeah this game about every five seconds you get three yeah and they've now mapped a button to the controller so you can decide which of the three triangle moves that you have active at any given time you feel like doing at that moment. Yeah, which and is it wild. just it just feels like I'm not like in the good moments. It feels so absurd and cinematic that I'm in. But like it, it it's not like, again, having just put the first game, the first game, the first honestly, the first game, both in gameplay and in story is like an off Broadway minimalist two person play compared to this <laughs> game. Like it truly is somehow more grounded, even by being like still the most over the top thing. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot more. I don't know if I'm going to finish it um, because I don't truly enjoy the gameplay enough or really truly care about the story enough to like see it all the way through mm. but i am enjoying the like the moments where all the elements click um and i'm enjoying like seeing what's next the game does do a good job of like always keeping you enchanted with like what's going what you're going to see next and what's going to happen uh i said the gummy ship was a nightmare in the first game i think it's even worse this time uh i really don't like look the first game it felt like a placeholder the second game they made it more fun but it was still kind of like a palate cleanser yeah this game they've tried to make it like a no man's sky i was just about to say it feels like somebody played no man's sky like two weeks ago and they were like wait 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 shit let's redo i got to the the i got to the toy story world and there was a boss and like don't make me fight a boss in the gummy ship yeah Yeah. (laughs) so yeah it's it sounds like i'm really ripping the game apart and i guess i am but I am enjoying it. My my whole thing is like I'm gonna play the worlds I wanna see and then like at that point be like, okay, do I truly wanna see the rest of this game? Yeah. Also, like in terms of the plot being confusing, like it's this weird blend of like the plot the specifics of the plot are untraceable. It is impossible to know what is being referenced, who knows who, where, when and why. Yeah. But the actual plot is just like friends are good. <laughs> like like, that's like you don't really need to know anything it's just like being a friend is good and some people like have lost track of that um yes so yeah i i i this is out of character for me and the show to be this negative but um i gotta be honest i think we we set ourselves up enough to like talk about this game i i do think that i'm having fun with it and like i think that again uh, once I let go and once I kind of enjoyed the game for the elements, it was bringing to the table because there's still nothing like this game. There's still truly, right. especially this one, there's truly nothing like it. Um, I did put the difficulty on hard, which I would highly recommend because it is still just like no nothing. Like the bosses are kind of tough and the bosses I think are the one area where the combat comes to fruition because like it is tense enough and you have to do enough damage where you actually look forward 
to getting off enough hits to trigger the triangle moves. Mm -hmm. But outside of the bosses, the combat's just like, it's just kind of forgettable and, and oddly boring despite all the extravagant stuff happening. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I'll get more into specifics later. I, I am enjoying it exponentially more, but I also feel like I just out of like a sense of obligation am like going back to it. I think if I was being honest with myself, I'd probably be like, okay, I've seen enough. Mm. <laughs> I do want to see the Tangled World. I do want to see Monsters Inc. I do want to finish Toy Story, but yeah. yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I'm I'm at a point where I think my my drive to see different worlds is is what is leading me through the game at the moment. Um, yeah, just knowing which worlds I have not played yet and which ones are coming up um, is is the reason that I keep going back. But um, I I will say I think very similar feelings in the early game. Um, I, when you and I talked about it, I think the day it came out or the day after or something like that, I was talking about our conversation about Kingdom Hearts two last week specifically talking about the whole twilight town thing basically my entire argument for why twilight town was good in kingdom hearts 2 was like it does a wonderful job of setting up the melancholic vibe of kingdom hearts it it elicits the feelings that the series wants you to have at all times Mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't like that when it came out um a lot of people thought that it took too long to get into the action too long until you started seeing disney stuff happen uh in that game and i think that this game's opening is a direct response to that because I think that Mm. this is a PS2 game. This feels to me like a game that they started developing immediately after Kingdom Hearts 3 and did not change a single thing for a really long time. I think yeah. that this opening has been this opening since I started development is what it feels like to me. <laughs> and so they abruptly introduced smartphones and Instagram. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Which yeah. we'll get into that because that is that is incredible. I my theory is that Kingdom Hearts 3 somehow invented Instagram before Instagram happened. <laughs> like <laughs> this was just like a social media platform in this world, but then Instagram came into existence separately. Yeah. What if it invented smartphones too? Because Kingdom Hearts 2 yeah. came out, I think, before the iPhone. Yeah, they do. The scientist guy is like, this is a phone that can do other things besides call, text, and play centipede, Sora. Sora, (laughs) Wow, I should show this to Data, Sora. Yeah, Yeah. what is that alliteration, Sora? (laughs) Donald. Real real quick, because I've been kind of a negative, Steven. I've been been, uh, my heartless, Steven, my nobody. (laughs) Uh Goofy's incredible this time around. Because in Sora's absence of like having kind of a voice of reason, Goofy has become that, which I can't get enough of. It is unreal. He has become like the wise, salient voice of uh, knowledge and wisdom in this game. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the RN of your party, basically. It's so bizarre. (laughs) So like, and that's like, you know, the... The banter between them can still be kind of fun, but like, yeah, Sora. Anyway, we'll get into that. Continue, my friend. Yes, yes. Um, th- this game starts off, I think, launching you into the action with the Hercules world, I think, as a way of kind of staving off the same complaints that they got in Kingdom Hearts 2. People have now sure. come around to the Twilight Town side of things from Kingdom Hearts 2. But at the time, when it came out, everybody thought that it took too long. So I think right. that launching you into hercules world you are in thebes and olympus and titans are attacking uh and you know the place is getting ripped apart you have the unreal engine so there's like realistic fire and water kind of like shooting all over the place um it is like a kind of weirdly horrific scene going on and you are a spiky anime boy 
with Donald and Goofy running through this incredibly realistic, destroyed home of yeah, kind real of like people. a New Dunk City kind of vibe. Yeah. So it, it starts off with that, and I think, like you said, is almost completely devoid of what makes Kingdom Hearts fun. I don't know what it is. Like the moments when Hades is on screen, I think in Olympus is when it works the best because sure. whoever is, I don't know if that's the actual Hades voice actor. I did not it check. Is. It's, is uh, it? it's James Woods, I believe. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he is killer in delivering his lines and it only sure. serves to highlight how poorly written everything else is because when he is on screen, it's electric. <sighs> yeah. And then when anything else is happening, it is like, oh my God. I don't know how, but you took the wind out of the sails and then like made the wind go the opposite direction. So now the sails are blowing backwards and the ship has crashed into the port <laughs> right after it, you. It's left. almost worse. Like I remember seeing like it reminds me of seeing like my friends plays in college and how there would be like, you know, not to dunk on college theater, but I'm going to. <laughs> Uh, there'd be like one or two leads that like really stand out and then when they're not on stage you're just like oh I'm right back and yeah. it's almost like if everything was on the same level you can kind of get numb to it yes, <laughs> but like, I agree and that's the game is like wildly uneven in that way where like when it is working you feel like you're right back in mm-hmm. and I think it does it does pick up after Olympus at least so far yeah but anyway so you're saying that you had similar feelings in the intro yeah kind of yeah so the intro i i think for most of olympus i was like this is not very good um and i remember the the night that i got it i played through maybe half of olympus and Mm. i i don't think this is a spoiler but like there's a there's a moment in olympus it's like a mini boss where you fight one of the titans before you have to fight all three of them later um and you're running up the side of a mountain uh and and the titan is throwing rocks down at you and you're trying to dodge the rocks as you get to the top of this thing so you can just you know whack it with your keyblade and the way that fight ends is you get uh, an attraction move which is like you you pick a they pick a ride from disney world and then you ride it and use it as an attack and this fight ends with you sitting on big thunder mountain railroad flying through the sky basically shooting the titan with a gun from big thunder mountain railroad until it dies and i was like this might be the best game i've ever played <laughs> wrapped in the worst wrapping paper i've ever seen it's like Mm. it's like if you took like a wonderful video game and wrapped it in like old cheese is what this game feels like sometimes see that's interesting to me because i actually not to not to like counter you right away but i kind of i feel like we're the weird men playing chess in the beginning of this game (laughs) i'm the i'm the darkness brendan Mm mm-hmm I feel like the core game is just kind of bad. Like, I think that there's not really a lot of good design there at all. I think that like it, it has the, I think the moments that work for me have really good presentation. Cause I think the game is gorgeous and the music is great, mm-hmm. but like the actual core gameplay is pretty like, pretty bad (laughs) it's the first time i've ever said this and hopefully the last on this show with a game that i do uh, somehow i'm enjoying despite everything but i think that like it it, it's really just the moments of kind of uh of high art absurdity that draw me back in yeah i realize that we're already like almost a half an hour in but i would like can i read a quote from one of the waypoint review i think it was the waypoint review uh, sure real quick that i think is worth mentioning okay here we go I, th- I think this is from the Waypoint Review, but correct me if I'm wrong, somebody on Twitter. Um, anyway, here's the quote. And as a devoted fan of Kingdom Hearts, I'm not in a position to tell you if you're, uh, if you're going to like Kingdom Hearts 3. No one can really do that. The best I or anyone else can do is to describe Kingdom Hearts 3 subjectively, if critically, and hope you find something in it that's either fascinating enough or repulsive enough to help you make up your mind. 
Sure. Um, and I, th- I think that's an important distinction to make about this game because like yeah. all of your criticisms are completely valid and I understand why you would not like this game. I also very frequently do not like this game. And very yeah. frequently, I think that it's incredible. Yeah, I oscillate between the two. From like I mean, I do minute. as well. Like, I think I I think that uh, again, like once I landed on Toy Story World, and like we can get into the specifics of that maybe after the break because mm-hmm. I think that there's some fun stuff there. But that that got me back in. I I am like intrigued to see other worlds. I think I think we're united on that. We're like my drive to keep playing this is the other worlds because I think that like listen the story is what it is but i think even in the first game there's like at least an appeal to see what happens next like i dude i cannot care less about this one yeah (laughs) like well because it it has to do double duty of both explaining everything that happened in all of the spinoffs that nobody played because nobody had a psp a vita a 3ds and a regular (laughs) ds you know nobody had all of those this game's plot takes place like minutes after the ending of dream drop distance right (laughs) which so it has to explain everything that happened in those five to six games while yeah. also simultaneously wrapping all of that up and then also having Disney World. Like th- there's just so much that has to happen within that framework. I-, I saw a thing recently that was just talking about like the history of this game mm-hmm. and basically how Kingdom Hearts one came out was a huge hit. And while they were in production of Kingdom Hearts two, I don't know, they needed to make something in between there. And their solution was chain of memories for the game boy advance which due to the difficulty in licensing disney stuff they were like okay we need to create our own story inside of this using the stuff that we already have and the stuff that we already have the rights to oh wow which is when all of the like organization 13 stuff and like the the more bananas stuff that has happened in the kingdom hearts franchise started in chain of memories because they had to introduce all that stuff that one time, it has kind of like exponentially built upon itself until where we're at now, where it's like you just have this heap of, of lore that takes, you know, an entire YouTube series of eight one hour videos to explain. And like, <laughs> honestly, I think it has gotten to the point, it has escalated to the point where like the average person, the person that is not like too emotionally invested in it. And there are people that are and that's that's cool, like love what you love but i think like exactly. it has gotten to the point where the average person who has played a couple of the games one and two and like maybe a spinoff here or there like you cannot connect to the story at all and yeah. i think like attempting to do that is kind of a fool's errand like it, <laughs> i they have like the memories thing in kingdom hearts 3 it's like on the main menu you can go down and you can like see the entire story of the whole game and it does a pretty good job of like recapping the franchise for you honestly it does a a weirdly better job than a lot of the lore videos that i watched on youtube like in preparation for this yeah um but that still doesn't mean that in the minute to minute gameplay and while watching the cutscenes, i'm like i know what's going on and i love it the minute I real like the real the minute I gave up basically it was when Goofy was like you sounded just like Data Sora I'm like oh, what okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah again like just just to double down on that like this is not to put down anybody who if you are truly loving this game I'm honestly jealous because like I I totally wanted to as well um and I very well still could I think there's enough I have enough hours in me to give this game that like it could turn around. I just think what I was trying to get at before, I think that the, whenever I, whenever I play a game, I I sort of like try to judge it by its intentions. Mm -hmm. And I think that this game, honestly, if you judge it by its intentions, 
is pretty good. I think that like it is trying to be the big finale of this series. Yeah. Uh, I think it's throwing everything it has at the wall and some of it sticks and some of it doesn't, but that's also kind of emblematic of a lot of, especially with trilogies. Like the last one has a lot of pressure on it to wrap everything up while also being its own story. Yeah. Um, that's what happened uh, with mass effect three. We're like, I love that game, but that game is very uneven in terms of like what moments are great, what moments aren't. Yeah. Um, it happens with like pretty much other than with a few examples, I think like the third in a trilogy almost always kind of crumbles under the weight of itself and the weight of the series. Um, so, and I think that this is, you know, this is kind of part of the course, especially when this game has been delayed for so long and there's sort of like this, this external pressure on it. I will say that this one does not feel like it is wrapping up the story and trying to be its own story simultaneously. This one just feels to me like it's trying to wrap up its story. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think that's actually the other side of things. Why it's probably even harder for someone who is kind of like has experienced the series in passing to kind of connect with this in any way. Cause it is, I mean like the beginning your the stats that you're choosing are cutscenes from older games. It's no clearer way to establish that this game is like built upon the foundation of other games. Yeah. Um it almost becomes, I think like, you know, the series has always been this amalgamation of Disney Worlds and of Final Fantasy. Um and this game almost feels like an amalgamation of Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> like Yeah, you know, I, there's and, no Final and, Fantasy in this game, which I think is like an important thing to note and I haven't really seen mentioned in a lot of reviews, but there's nothing Final Fantasy related in this game. There are no characters that pop up at any point. Well, it's been fun playing uh this game. It goes right <laughs> into my trash. Uh yeah. no, I mean I'm I think like even though like I'm really enjoying the Toy Story world and like I I do like I'm a big Disney fan as well so like the ones I want to see are Tangled and Monsters Inc. Um, yeah. and Big Hero Six. Um, I mean I want to s- part of me wants to see all of them but like I just I think like at the end of the day I'm judging it by its intentions and I have to be like okay like am I enjoying the story on a surface level yes because I enjoy the absurdity but like mm-hmm. you know giving it m- any more than a handful of hours I'm not sure. Am I during the gameplay? Honestly, no. Um, like just straight up, no. I, yeah. I really am not. I think like and that's where I think if the game had like the gameplay, I said this before in, in our last episode, like having played one and this playing three has maybe doubled down on how good the first game is. Yeah. Like it has made me like wrap up the first game in a blanket and offer it to the sun god. Um, yeah. That's I'm what I'm feeling about too right now, also. Yeah, exactly. Like and it I do want to check out the other spin-off games as well. But yeah, I just think like I I don't think I'm enjoying just straight up without trying to like over intellectualize it. I'm not enjoying the game enough to give it more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I hate saying that because I did like I was I was I think if I was actively waiting for this game, I think I would be extremely disappointed. To be honest, like, yeah. I can see the other world. I can see Data Steven, who has <laughs> kept up with the series and yeah. was waiting for this playing and being like, "This is it." As someone who has like experienced the series kind of in passing and has found like a a new admiration for the for the earlier games, I think that like it's a it's a fun it's a, it's like an event it's like a fun thing to experience, but the actual core gameplay I think is is lacking enough that like that's gonna be what kind of breaks because like you know I can look past some of the clunkier worlds in the first game and the gummy ship because like when that game is working it's working 
Yeah. But I don't know when this game is working. Even in the moments where I'm loving it, it's because of like Toy Story characters. Yeah. <laughs> so just out of curiosity. So I, I think on a top level, it's worth mentioning like your sentiment is not uncommon. I've seen a lot of people talk about like a greater level of disappointment with this game and, and not connecting with it on the on the way or in the way that they wanted to. Just out of curiosity, though, can we drill a little bit further down into what you mean when you say the gameplay is not fun for you? Like, I'm just curious, like what specifically about the gameplay do you not enjoy? I don't I I feel like nothing is up to me. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. when I get like I do enjoy it during the boss fights, Um, the haunted doll on the Toy Story world was an especially scary and fun boss fight. Yeah. But when I so like in just against normal hordes of enemies. I'm I'm mashing X and like Sora is so fast that he sometimes feels out of your control and the combos I'm pulling off and the abilities I'm being handed. I'm like, why am, why am I suddenly able to summon this ride? Like, I feel like I didn't, like I didn't do the work to deserve this attack. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's so like, I can also summon things. This this, this is too much and it doesn't feel like I don't have enough of a gauge of like what is effective because half the time I throw goofy, I can't choose where he lands and he, I just throw him somewhere and it does something. And like, I, I can't directly parse like what the repercussions of my input is. And like, like I don't, I, there's never a point where I'm like strategically choosing like, Hmm, should I summon splash mountain or should I summon the giant inflatable dog? Cause mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like there's, there's not really enough that makes things feel like their own attacks that it's a sort of like what cutscene do you want to see Sora do? Yeah. I think there's a bit more, there's a bit more intricacy with choosing your keyblade because each keyblade has its own special attack. So I, I'm using one where it eventually becomes two like dual pistols that you can like shoot from afar. Yeah. So at least that it's like, okay, like if I want to play a ranged thing, I, I can do that. But to, to put it short, you're just given too many options that I don't know why I'm being given them when I'm being given them. Um, and then even during the boss fights, I almost feel like when I win or lose, it's just sort of luck. It's like, Oh, I wasn't in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Hmm. And I got splash mountain in this moment. And like, yeah, you know, it, it almost feels like a battle of, of just like doing the same thing over and over again, rather than actually like learning. And, and, and listen, I played hack and slash games where like going back to a game that I, that I really love near automata, uh, that game also has the potential to feel like you're just sort of like whacking away at stuff and maybe it's a bit out of your control. Um, but I think with that game, like it, it, it's, it's a lot more grounded in terms of the moves you're doing. Like square is horizontal triangle is vertical. Right. And it feels satisfying the whole time and it feels earned when you defeat a thing. Exactly. Whereas I feel like I don't know, like when I win, it's just sort of like a sense of like, okay, like now I can move on rather than like, I did it. That was me playing. Cause it doesn't feel like you're actually playing. And then yeah. I wonder like, well, why is this even a game then? Why did they just make a giant movie? <laughs> right. Which they have <laughs> you know? done in the past. Sure. Um, yeah. So I don't know that that's, I think that's, I, I just think I don't <laughs> feel like I am actually playing. I feel like I am walking around and mashing buttons when they tell me to mash them. And I, I just don't find any enjoyment in that. Mm. Um, I will hit you with a, a couple quick practical things. Yeah, I think um, that might help. At least they helped me significantly. Number one, quickly, the the attraction attacks, the ride attacks, those happen 
sometimes enemies will have like a green circle around them. And if you hit that enemy before that circle goes away, that is when you get the attraction attack. So that's how you are allowed to do that. See, but I feel like I get them every five seconds, like literally every five seconds. Yeah, they throw them at you a lot that. in the early yeah. game and then less frequently the further in you play. Okay. Well, that makes that. I think that it's, I think it's like for fun in the beginning, but like it ends up just being overwhelming. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started ignoring <laughs> them. I started just not using them in the beginning. And now I use them more frequently because they have become less frequent. Right. Here's, I think, the number one thing that has made me enjoy this game way more. In the settings, you can turn off all of the little mini cutscenes at play before the attraction attacks, before your Keyblade form changes, before um, like your Donald and Goofy attacks. You, like, you can shorten those cutscenes down to basically just putting you in the action, like when you press the button, you are doing the thing. Oh, wow. Which, honestly, has made the game feel tighter from like an actual second to second gameplay yeah. perspective because I feel like so frequently when you slam the triangle button, it takes you out of the action for too long before you get rewarded for having pressed the triangle button. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and changing those settings for some reason makes that feel tighter. Does that mean that the game is good because those settings are in there? No, because they're, you know those cutscenes are on by default and it makes you feel bad when you when you uh turn cutscenes off but yeah it it has made me enjoy the game more yeah i could see that happening i mean yeah i i might try that because i do want to like give it a bit more time um but yeah it's kind of a bummer i i i hate that i'm bringing this energy to the show right now no, no, but, no, no. You know. I, th- I think it's important because like <laughs> this game is so hard to define and and critique and talk about and look i'm also like if people if if like i'm uh, if i'm not the majority if like most people are really enjoying this game that have been waiting for it like i'm so happy to hear that like i i'm totally fine to to be like okay this isn't for me and that's fine like i don't need to and i'm, I'm not trying to talk anyone out of getting this game in any way yeah if anything, I feel like it's, <laughs> it is, I, I can say this, it's truly one of a kind. Um, it did win me over a bit with the Ratatouille cooking games, which I'm awful at. I cannot crack a single egg. Are you really? Despite, yeah. I see that I'm all the time. I see that in a lot of Reddit comments and stuff. People are talking about how hard those are and I, I, I'm like fine with it. I have no problem with them. Yeah. I guess I just don't, I, I I'm not. There's also like a ton of t- as fast and as like explosive as this game is. There's like 40 tutorial windows. Yeah. I like got a certain point. I was like, stop it. I get it. Like that's another like gun- early game problem that goes away. But like y- you are so you are really putting your worst foot forward in the beginning of that yeah. game. Like it like it feels awful for you're in the gummy like three hours. Yeah. And that's that's been half of my experience so far, which is probably why I'm coming down more negatively on the game, because like even in those six hours, the minute I got to Toy Story, I'm like, oh, it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, I guess it's probably time to talk about like, you want to take a small break and then maybe talk about more of what we've been enjoying, I guess, both you and I. Yeah, or, yeah absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. Um, um, yeah, cool. Do you want to talk about Wargroove in the break? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. It'll be like Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to get a glass of water. I'll be right back. Okay, bye. Brendan, I'd like to talk about a game that I've been wholeheartedly enjoying. <laughs> Commander <laughs> thank Dog. You, thank you. Commander Dog. Um, there's a new game on the Switch, our favorite system, called Wargroove. Uh, Wargroove is a turn-based strategy game developed by Chucklefish, who they were publishers for Stardew Valley, and they developed our favorite game, Starbound. Um, well, 
not really our favorite, but that was a game you and I played quite a bit yes. uh, back in the day. And it's interesting because Starbound is a game that I really, we played in early access that I really enjoyed. They never really found, I think, like a strong identity. I feel like they changed it a lot and it, it kind of bounced around between being like a survival game and being like a Metroidvania or being like an exploration game. Mm-hmm. So with Wargroove, they have made their intentions very clear. It is uh, their take on Advanced Wars Fire Emblem kind of turn-based strategy game. Right. Um, and it rocks. Uh, I just got it yesterday. It only came out a couple days ago. And the the influences are very clear. Um, it is very, very much like Fire Emblem and Advanced Wars to the point where I think the only criticism I would have is that like it is it is basically that. Um, mm. But there's enough flavor there where like, you know, they obviously have a unique art style and the music is great and um, there's an attention to, uh, well, the main gameplay difference is that like Advance Wars, you can capture buildings and barracks to make more units. So there's sort of like a monetary element of like, okay, like what unit do I want to make this turn and why and what strategy can I use them for? Yeah. And there are also units that are the characters in the game. They're commanders. Um, and that's where it's more kind of Fire emblem me. Mm-hmm. So every commander has a unique uh, ability called Groove, hence the title. Um, so some of them can like heal units around them. One casts like a crystal that gives everyone a defensive bonus. So that's where it definitely feels separate from Fire Emblem and Advanced Wars. Um, it feels a bit more of a game of its own. Um, and I think two chucklefish has like said right out like that they were inspired by those two games. So like it definitely feels more like an homage than like a copy, mm-hmm. um, which is good. In the um, same way that Stardew not- Valley feels more like an homage to Harvest Moon than a straight ripoff of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's using the same kind of root formula uh, and 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 putting their spin on it. Um, I like this game a lot because uh, there's a lot of really fun characters. Specifically, there's a dog in like Roman, like uh, legionnaire armor named Caesar, and he's incredible. His his power is that he can inspire others to fight. So there's like a side mission with him where you have to free prisoners in this castle, and like all the prisoners just like take up arms with this dog. So they're like, hey, if a dog's fighting, why shouldn't I? That's incredible. Can I tell you something? Whenever I see yeah. people talking about this game. The thing that almost gets me to impulse buy it is the dog. Every single time I see the dog, I'm like, I should get Wargroove. And then if there, I see a screenshot without the dog, I'm like, nah, I don't think that's for me. <laughs> that's, that's exactly where I was, and I made the impulse. In a way, um, the dog is using its special ability to inspire me to buy Wargroove. Exactly. Every time it um, appears. And what's interesting, too, is there's actually... So in Starbound, there was a... Uh, there were different races you could play as one of which were the Florin, mm-hmm. which were like, uh, kind of like, um, cannibalistic hunting plant people. Yeah. Um, and they're in this game. They're a faction, what? um, which is really cool. Yeah. They're a little bit different, but they are a faction you can play as, uh, which is really cool. Whoa. Um, that's very interesting. Just, yeah. They're really fun. They have like mech tree golems that are very powerful. Um, mm. So the animation's great, uh, and that's where I think it shines above its influences. Where like when enemies are attacking and are being defeated, like it really has a lot of fun with it. Like whenever Caesar fights, he like walks up and kind of like grins like arrogantly, and like two soldiers take up arms next to him. Yeah, incredible. That's awesome. 
you also the game does a fun thing where in the tutorial you actually play as the villain or at least the villain so far this yeah. like really arrogant vampire that's just like oh, i suppose i'll kill a few more soldiers um <laughs> and that's kind of an effective way to set up the game of like learning the very basic mechanics from a very overpowered villain um i think more games should do that i love that and yeah and and the game talk about like giving you a tutorial to set you up for success the game gives you like two or three pretty short tutorial missions where they teach you the basics of the game and then by the fourth mission uh fourth or fifth it gets real hard um and they really put your understandings and the mechanics to the test Mm -hmm. and i really appreciate that yeah see i'd really recommend this game it's it's honestly if you're ever if you were ever curious about getting into fire emblem but felt a little bit like you know at arm's length with it where you're like ah this feels a bit much for me because Fire Emblem does not tell you how to play that game at all, famously. Yeah. <laughs> like, they do not tell you, and, and what they do tell you is, like, misleading. Fire Emblem um, is the Dark Souls of video games. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, Wargroove, I think, is actually, so far, despite it being a challenge, um, it feels very intuitive, and it feels like it's challenging the skills they taught you. Yeah. So I think because of that, it's a great intro <laughs> to this kind of genre. Yeah. Um, I also would say highly recommend playing this game on handheld, just like Octopath. It does not really work as well on the big screen. Yeah. Like, it still works, but you're just gonna feel like I want this to be handheld. Yeah. So yeah, I'd recommend it. Uh, it's on Switch and PC. I think Switch is the way to go, though um yeah it seems that way it seems like into the breach adjacent in terms of the yeah feeling i'll get well maybe not the feeling i'll get while playing it but the the uh specific gameplay desires i have yeah i think it's very it's very much i mean it's it's turn-based so you have that um and it definitely kind of scratches that same itch of like uh pick up and play um turn-based strategy game there is a single player campaign where you play as different characters as you progress through the story. There's also a puzzle mode, which I don't know what that is. And there's also arcade where you choose who you want to play as. And then you can either fight the computer. You could also fight other people online. Um, mm-hmm. So you can play against each other. So if you ever get it, we can pit our dogs against each other and see who is the victor. Okay. That sounds great. Let's dog <laughs> fight. Steven. <laughs> Oh my god, that is just what I suggested, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? Don't, let's not do that. Uh, I'll play as the plant. There we go. Who's like, I must protect the forest. It's very like, the story is very familiar stuff, but it, it totally knows what it's going for. Talk about like self-aware of tone. There's one moment where this like Power Rangers villain comes in and he's like, I'll destroy you! Uh, is and, it all voice acted? Um, It does the thing that Fire Emblem does where like they say a few words and you get the text. Oh, perfect uh which is amazing that's that's my preferred method of voice acting i think yeah so someone will go like idiots and it's like you have no way of beating me or whatever yeah exactly um and the the dog is sort of the like truest element of that is like woof and then you see like woof written out. <laughs> <laughs> or like sort of what he's internally thinking yeah but yeah it is a really good game. I highly recommend it to anyone who likes turn-based strategy games or something to look to play like on your commute or whatever. Um, oh, so yeah, being self-aware of your tone, the Power Rangers villain person, you beat them. And she's like, so what? You just beat a few skeletons. Who cares? And like when a skeleton soldier like walks into scene and overhears that and like walks away sad. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, give me more sad skeletons, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I'm really enjoying it. I might talk about it more uh, once I get farther in because I'm, like, I'm really just like a couple hours in at this point. Right. But I'm at a point where it feels like they're really picking up difficulty, or at least like they're making the the matches feel more nuanced and like giving me different sets of goals to accomplish. So yeah, re- would recommend. Cool. War Groove available on Switch and PC. Groovy. Groovy. <laughs> Can I recommend a game real quick for Switch yeah, uh, before absolutely. we get back into Kingdom Hearts? Um, One of my favorite mobile games, maybe of all time, uh, just came out on Switch this week. It's called Downwell. Um, It is a game where you jump down a well and you have guns on your feet. (laughs) Uh, So you shoot downwards as your way propelling yourself upwards. There are enemies below you and you shoot them with your guns uh, and you try to not die on your way down. It is a roguelike that is very fast paced and very good and was really wonderful on mobile but on switch is like extremely tight because you're using an actual controller now and not just like on-screen touch controls yeah and they do a wonderful thing where because the game was on mobile and and made to be 9 by 16 instead of 16 by 9 on the switch you can take one of the joy cons off and then turn the switch sideways and then play it that way Um, oh cool so you can actually play it in vertical mode which is awesome um, and I think maybe the best thing about this game is that it retains the same pricing that it has on iOS and is mm. $3. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Well, groups also 15, which yeah. isn't too bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it is nice. Cause I feel like a lot of the recent games we talked about, I think have been PS4, you know, it just can get steep after a while. Yeah. Oh God, I just said steep unknowingly. What you have you done to me? You can get steep after a while. You're right. <laughs> Uh, War Groove and uh, what was it called? Steep. <laughs> Play Steep. The game is called Steep, Steven. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's called Downwell. Cool. I'm excited to check it out. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to dive back into uh, Kingdom Hearts Three Land? I do. I would love to do that. We're back. Oh, just just like that. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah, so um, we can talk about whatever. I know we said before the break we'll focus on what we do like, which at least I will do because, um, <laughs> again, I kind of just harangued this game for a while. Um, uh, but I think the moments, at least in my limited time playing it, the moments that have worked for me have been mostly on the Toy Story world. And really, the the arrival on the Toy Story world is incredible. This is where we'll get more into like specific spoilers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You land on the toy box planet, which is kind of a surreal sight, but here we are. Yes. Um, and there's this suddenly like very, very detailed, like Final Fantasy 15 looking cutscene. Yeah. Of, of very like over the top anime fighting and in, in space and all this. And then it cuts to like, um, what is that series called? Yosora. Verum Rex. Verorex, <laughs> and it shows like action figures inspired or action figures from that series, right? Um, so the running gag when Sora, Donald, and Goofy land on this planet is that Rex, who is revealed to be a huge nerd, which I love, yeah, like he's like, "Oh, you Sora's here." Rex like, has always been you. a gamer, but I, I, I didn't know that he was like extremely into like Japanese anime and i don't know it's hearing rex say that saying that the bahamut fight was tough was like the best thing my ears have received i was gonna call that out too (laughs) wonderful um notably tom hanks is not here which kind of does throw like a wet towel over right it's jim hanks um oh is it yeah it's tom hanks's brother 
Yeah. He sounds pretty good. Um, you know, but I think people like us who grew up a toy story, like we know if it's not Woody, I feel like yeah. <laughs> this is a, is an imposter. Yeah. Um, I think he does an okay job. Whoever's uh, playing Buzz though is like, that's Tim Allen. It's not Tim Allen, but that's Tim Allen. Yeah, I was actually wondering, and I'm I we're we're in the best reality where Tim Allen is not involved in the game, but it sounds like Buzz Lightyear. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think if Tim Allen said the phrase Zehanor, the world would explode. <laughs> I think that's like a fate we should not have to endure. But that's where you said that in the earlier episode that like Kingdom Hearts because of the fusion happening kind of becomes a commentary on both final fantasy and disney yeah um and in the toy story world it almost becomes a commentary on itself um Mm -hmm. it was a really refreshing after such a nightmarish prologue it was really refreshing take for the series to be like we know how ridiculous this is you are now toys and like you're with woody and buzz and you're gonna fight on the rocket from the first movie and i'm like it still is relying on such like intricate levels of multimedia fandom that like it's hard to say like I don't know if this is actually good but I'm liking it. Like yeah. I'm liking I think that the the banter on the Toy Story world with the other characters like does capture the heart of Toy Story and it it oddly it oddly fits in. Um that was set up to be probably one of the more jarring worlds in this game. Yeah. And it has so far been like the best part of it. I will far. say that I think my favorite part of this game so far has been the ways in which they've worked the Kingdom Hearts lore into the the Disney uh, overall tone. Um, I, I think like every single world does a wonderful job of taking whatever was the thematic element of that movie or series and and finding a way to contort that into working with Kingdom Hearts um, in the Toy Story world. The whole idea that you know the toys are living beings um and where does that come from and like in in kingdom hearts um you know you have you have the nobodies who are are like empty vessels who want to get their hearts back and stuff and and they learn via toy story um or via the toy box that like okay you can actually imbue like an inanimate object with a heart and that becomes a thing like that's an interesting weird like in yeah. the weeds example but you get to um even like stranger ones and i don't want to i don't want to spoil too much of things that you haven't played but i think the monsters inc world does an unreal job of of working kingdom hearts into the world of monsters mm-hmm. inc essentially it ends up being uh like a sequel to monsters inc in a way like it takes place like not too long after the first movie apparently or it seems oh weird um and essentially revolves around okay in monsters inc the movie the the world exists uh, running on screams of children, right? As a power source, they at the end of the movie find out that laughter is a more powerful thing. And the the overall vibe of the Monsters Inc. world is basically like, okay, that works really well, but only on kids. How do we get power from adults in the human world? And they decide that sadness is the way to accomplish that. The sadness is is an emotion that's as powerful as laughter and screams. And how can they extract sadness from humans? And they decide the way to do that is by making children sad so they stay sad forever. Oh. And extracting that power throughout the entire lifespan of a human being. Which, like, 
that's some dark shit. Yeah, that is very that is very sad. But also works really well for Kingdom Hearts, a game that is about melancholy and finding it's happiness about making in dark children moments. Sad. Yeah, it, it, Kingdom Hearts is about making children sad. I wonder if like most of my demeanor stems from Kingdom Hearts too. Now that I think about it, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think like there are those less obvious connections. Um, and then there are the more obvious ones that worked in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, where it's like, okay, Tangled um, and and uh, I'm playing through the Frozen world right now. Like Elsa is a very obvious parallel between, you know, her story in that game and, and what Kingdom Hearts is trying to explore, where Elsa is like, I'm a dangerous person. I need mm-hmm. I'm too powerful and I need to get away from other human beings or else I might hurt them. Like that is very classic Kingdom Hearts. Um, mm. and works really well and that world at least so far i'm like maybe two-thirds of the way into it like that world is just the story of frozen retold in kingdom hearts because it works so perfectly already and they didn't need to change a thing and i think it's brilliant the ways in which they have figured out what needs to be changed to fit with kingdom hearts and what doesn't um it, it is weirdly deft in a game that also has every character say sora donald goofy in that exact way every single time Mm -hmm. except for once somebody says sora goofy donald and it fucked me up but (laughs) hey sdg come over here Um, (laughs) also in twilight town they say hayner pence and olette in the same way which i think is worth noting they go give me that game pence (laughs) olette yeah it's weird hayner pence olette I don't know why I like them, but I do. For some reason, that's like where I warmed up on the game. I was like, okay, my Twilight Town buddies are back. Does that but sound like somebody them? who would have been in a Star Wars movie? Like, it sounds so much like Hayden Christensen for some reason. Like, Hayden, <laughs> my favorite actor in in Star Wars in the prequels was Hayden Pencilette. I think Hayden is totally like eight years away from starring in Attack of the Clones based on his hairstyle. <laughs> I think. Yeah. That you you did kind of sell me on on sticking with this game longer. Um, I I think that the one element, if if you know, we were saying before, this game is more concerned with wrapping up the story rather than having a story of its own. Um, but I think that at least thematically, the idea because you know in the beginning, it was firmly established that friendship is powerful. Um, mm-hmm. As Zigbar said, my favorite member of the organization, because he's just like, he's the villain I always want. Where he's like, you don't get it, do you? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I he has don't the eye patch with the scar and like incredible the, the gray ponytail. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. He's the, he's like a bad guitar teacher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, everyone has taught me music. Yeah. Absolutely. So you want to learn to play guitar? And he just does a solo for 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I would love to learn. You don't get it, do you? you I don't, don't get it. Teach do me. You. D sharp minor comes after a. <laughs> you want to play Green Day? It's three chords, man. Grow up. Oh, Zigbar. <laughs> it's kind of ironic that Zigbar is the guitar teacher when there is an organization <laughs> member that like fights with the guitar. Like straight up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he sucks. Zigbar is actually the musician. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he there's there's a there's foreshadowing that Sora basically is revealed to be a vessel that multiple hearts can inhabit. Yes. If I'm understanding correctly. You are. Yeah. And because of that, the connections he is making may actually put others in danger. So the weights of like multiple hearts united may cause some to break, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested in seeing that come to fruition if it does. Like, I don't really, and I don't, I'm not looking for something bad to happen. I'm just looking for something to kind of be the instigator for this plot because we are kind of left. And I think that's really it. I think I can, 
I can put up with the corniness. I can put up with all that. I'm honestly on board for like 50% of it. Yeah. Like Mickey and Riku somehow is like, this is incredible. (laughs) Cause it's just like this gloomy ass setting. And Mickey's like, I think Aqua was here. Um, Xehanort, uh, we thought he was the one from the future, but it was actually the past one. So, uh, he has to go back and right. I know that power all too well. Yeah, I mean, you even were Xehanort for a little bit. But anyway, Aqua was here. She's not here anymore. So we should probably go. Yeah, well, if Aqua's here, I'm not leaving. Well, I think we should go. Rik- I'm like, this is great. This is good dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then you do a boss fight, whereas you and Re- where it's uh, you <laughs> and as Riku cool and fight. Mickey versus like, yeah. a million Heartless simultaneously. Really good. I got like really tired during that whole thing. Um, because I was actually that wasn't even like usually when I go into those weird monologues, I'm ex- exaggerating, but I think that was actually just the dialogue. Honestly, I there, there's a split second where I was like, Is this actually is this it <laughs> line for line? Like, did you write this down? Or are you reading off of a sheet? It's funny too because Mickey does sound kind of vaguely bored when he's explaining it. He's like, Well, that wasn't actually Xehanort. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> Xehanort was it? Uh, uh, never mind. Wait, that was Tara. I, I know that sadly the original voice actor passed away, so we're given a different Mickey voice actor, and yes. it does kind of just sound like Mickey's sort of out of breath. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like it isn't like let's go. It's like I am the king. Um, uh, <laughs> hi, it's me, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> TM TM, it's me, the king. It's a me. I wish they just like it's me. <laughs> In my, this isn't I don't know if this is a good joke but in my head they call him the king so much I kind of just want him to sound like Elvis I think the reason why the plot feels a bit more unbearable this time is like like we said in, in the first game the intro is very well done you, you wake up in a dream it's very mysterious you're given this kind of veiled threat and mm-hmm. you're not sure what it means and you wake up you get to know your friends and then suddenly your your comfort is taken from you. You don't know where your friends are and you're a fish out of water in a new world. Yeah, that's a very simple, well executed setup. It and is two, straight up like the 12 step hero's journey, you know, yeah. like to a T. Not that you have to stay in that, but like it's a it's the first game. So they had an easier job just like kind of getting you into it. The second game is a bit more cerebral in terms of its intro, but um cerebral with still lines of dialogue being like we guys totally kicked your ass in in fantasy soccer here's Mm -hmm. some ice cream but like you know it's thematic it's more of a uh if if kingdom hearts one intro is more about kind of getting the plot going kingdom hearts two's intro is more about setting up the thematic importance of it like you said it's it's the vibe of like getting immersed in this in this false sense of comfort and having that taken from you Mm -hmm. um Three's intro like is just a mess and and you're kind of left hanging. Uh yeah. you know, I, I think it really could have benefited from a Symphony of the Night kind of intro where like, you know, Sora comes in because it cause it did have that like, oh, this is too good to be true, this is a good dream kind of vibe. I was expecting that to kind of crumble. Yeah. And then it just doesn't. And then he's like, So where to next? I'm like, Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm asking too. Yeah. Um Absolutely. So yeah, we'll see. I am you've made me more excited to check out more of it um I don't know like the the thing I keep coming to is like I'm not really enjoying I'm enjoying bits and pieces of the whole game and some I'm enjoying quite a bit but the collective package just feels so fragmented to me that I'm not sure if I'm going to stick through it all the way Mm -hmm. yeah I I'll say on my end I 
did not like the intro, um, have found myself really, really, really enjoying a lot of it since then. Um, there are some critiques that I've seen levied at the game that I very much understand. <clears throat> but for, for example, one thing that a lot of people seem to mention is just like the world design does not feel as inspired by the movie that it's based off of in a lot of instances. Um, I honestly think that Hercules is the best example of that. Yeah. Um, although the the one that people point to the most is uh, is Frozen. Uh, I think Tangled and Monsters Inc are maybe examples that people have used. Uh, now that I think about it, but you know, Monsters Inc is basically you going through the factory. It's you going through like the Monsters Inc like door factory. Like at the end of the day, to me at least, those movies tend to not have very distinctive locations, and the ones that are distinctive are in the are in the game. So like Tangled, mm-hmm. for example. There are two places in that movie. There's the tower and there's the city. And those are like the two things that are in Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, Frozen, similar thing. You got Elsa's castle. You got uh, the town. And that's, you know, those are in the game. So you're good. Um, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. You're going through the the area where all the doors are flying around on, on the on the rails and stuff. But, you know, in between there, they have to they have to connect that world. They have to make it like a real thing. So um, entangled, like between the town and the tower is just the forest. And it's beautiful, you know, because it's Unreal Engine. Um, but it's just the forest. And I understand mm-hmm. why some people are let down by that. I'm not really bothered by it because to my second point, I honestly do find the combat really interesting now. Uh, now that I'm mm. further in the game and I have more keyblades and more summons, um, you can have three keyblades equipped at any given time and you can switch yeah, between like them that. at will. Uh, and I do find myself doing that very frequently, depending on which heartless or nobody's pop up. Um, I will switch to either like a ranged or a close up keyblade or switch to one that specifically has like uh, a triangle move, like a triangle transformation that I think is helpful in that moment. The tangled one, for example, without. I guess saying exactly what it does. It has like a very good area of effect that will damage a whole bunch of enemies. So if I'm if I have it and there's a bunch of enemies around, I'll use that one. Um, if it's like a boss that is like really fucked up when you fight it close up, I'll use like a ranged one. Um, things like that. So like I'm getting to the point where I am starting to get strategic about the moves that I'm using, uh, which of the triangle moves I'm using at any given time and switching between them as they stack up, and and also just the abilities in themselves. Uh, I'm using air stepping, which I can't fucking believe. So to, to quickly mention what air stepping is, there's a moment in in Olympus when you have to go from ground level high up in the air because, you know, Olympus is in the clouds and there's a whole bunch of floating rocks in between you and there. Uh, and the way you're supposed to do it is you hold down R1. It kind of slows time. You point at the place you want to go and then you press square and then you jump across all the rocks and then make it there. Um I, I fucked that up a million times before I realized that I was overthinking it. But anyway, I use that in combat all the time now. I use like whenever there's an enemy that is like tall or far away or like if there's a, a ranged enemy that's attacking me from like super far away, I will go into the air step mode and I will zip over to that enemy and then take it out before I do other things. Um, so at this point in the game, and I know that this is 16 hours in and I'm not saying give it 16 hours and then you'll enjoy it. I'm, <sighs> I'm not going to be that person. Time is, is very valuable, but at this point I am like having a lot of fun with it and I, and I'm finding it to be, uh, rewarding and, and interesting. I want to give it more time. I, 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 I'll see like how much that is, but I definitely, I feel like I owe it at least another world. But to your point about level design, I was thinking about this because I think that. You're right. A lot of a lot of those movies have like 
one or two pretty central locations. I'm thinking back to the first game, which, like, given has some worlds that, like, just have not aged well and some that have aged very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think in terms of level design, it's less about the actual environments and more about what the objective of the environments are. You think about, uh, like, okay, Alice in Wonderland is a world that is kind of catered around puzzles. Yeah. The puzzles aren't exceptionally well done, but that's a game that is designed around like what is sort of the the vibe of Alice in Wonderland. It's sort of like tricks and mystery and, and intrigue and mm-hmm. and the world is built around that. Tarzan is built about swinging on vines and 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 surfing on trees. Yeah. Um uh Hercules is literally just a Coliseum. It's one on one gladiator matches. Yeah. So I think that like it sounds like maybe the criticism is not like, oh, there needs to be like more locations, but like what is what is the characteristic of the world? If I had to tell you like what the difference other than the characters and the aesthetic, the difference between the worlds is, and I can't, then that's probably emblematic of like the levels not having variety in terms of how you are playing them. Yeah. And I I think that that is an extremely valid thing to say about the worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, I have not really been experiencing that criticism yet because, again, I've only been to two. Yeah. But I just feel like that's maybe uh, that's maybe like where the issue lies. No, you're totally right. I mean, when you play the Tangled world and then you go to Frozen, um, like those worlds are basically like there's a main area that you start in and then you're going through just like an environment until you get to the next like cutscene or whatever um right. and entangled that environment is just you know a forest that is very fantastical and in frozen it is literally nighttime and you're in the mountains and it's snowy and like that does not lend itself well to like nuanced and interesting design um right but personally, I don't really have a problem with it. But I understand if if one would. Have you gotten to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean three yet? No, I think that might be next for me. I'm not sure. Um, I, I have so far. I've done uh, Olympus, Twilight Town, uh, Toy Story, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, cool! I always love those worlds. Monsters Inc. And now I'm on Frozen. Um, cool. Yeah. And I think the I I don't know what else is left honestly. I guess there's there's Pirates of the Caribbean and there's Big Hero Six. I don't know if there's anything else in there. That I'm, I did freak out when Ratatouille showed up. I will be the first to admit. Yeah, Ratatouille is my favorite Pixar movie. So I was like, I was going to ask fucking, you what your favorite Pixar movie was. It's Ratatouille. It's Ratatouille. Yeah. Oh man, I think mine might be Coco. Honestly, I really liked Coco. Coco is unreal. Yeah. I don't think. Oh, actually, Coco World could be fun in Kingdom Hearts if it was just the the land of the dead, the world of the dead. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I won't immediately link that franchise to Kingdom Hearts quite yet, <laughs> but um, I mean, I love all. I I pretty much love all Pixar, like minus like maybe like Cars three, uh, Cars yeah. two. <laughs> if there was a Cars three world, oh my god, yeah. um, that'd be very funny. I but, honestly like. I am okay with with the worlds that we have at the moment. There are fewer of them than usual, and that means that they are each longer. Um, the only one, honestly, that I've had a problem with is Toy Story. That's the only one where I was like, I think that the world design is is fucking with me. Not because I I was like bummed out by the choice of like setting it in a toy store, because I think that that rules. I think like at the end of the day, just the instructions that pop up on screen that tell you where to go are infuriating because there's no yeah. clear way of knowing where you're supposed to go at any given time. All the other yeah. worlds, I have not had that problem. 
Toy Story is the only one that I found frustrating. Everything else I've been cruising through and enjoying, and it feels like Kingdom Hearts. And again, this is the first thing I said. It feels like a PS2 game that has the Unreal Engine 4 like stitched onto it. It does, yeah. it does not push the boundaries forward, I think, in any way, shape, or form in terms of game design in the way that the first two did. Um, so if you liked those first two games, you will probably enjoy a couple hours into this game. Um, then that's yeah. kind of where I think I am. Um, I guess it's it's interesting. So I think you're you're one, and I I, I I like this about you is I think you're very you're very willing to like see a game as like a single like we said judging it by its intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are someone. I guess the question is not to like not to like pressure you into to saying a concrete opinion, but you are someone who has been waiting for this game for a long time. Yeah. Um, like. I guess just to kind of make it about that for a second, like how do you feel now that it's out now that you've waited this long? Like how has that journey kind of been? Yeah. Um, I mentioned it in the, in the very first episode of this podcast we ever did the three one. And I think I also mentioned it last week, but it has been so long at this point that any emotion that I had tied to excitement, it kind of like went out the window. Like I, yeah. I was, I'm at the point where it was just like, I'm just going to let this wash over me and like, I'll feel how I feel at the end of it. The moment that I got excited was when I was standing in GameStop and like the person handed it to me and I was like, oh my Mm. God, I can't believe that this is real and I have it in my hands right now. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as I put the disc in and started playing it, it was like, okay, I'm just like, I'm back into this kind of like almost, I hate that I use this word as much as I do on this show, but like an almost like apathetic um, playthrough of it. It's just like, I'm just going to experience it for what it is. And honestly, I have found myself disappointed in some elements and loving other elements. Um, And I think Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, I found myself loving almost everything. Mm -hmm. So really, it just ends up being like the worst of the three mainline ones is kind of how I think about it. It's not a bad game to me. I am enjoying playing it, but it is definitely not as good as one and two. And like, that's kind of my overall vibe that I've had so far. I'm still going to play it until the end. And depending on how it ends, maybe go back and do some like extra stuff, find some extra like emblems all over the place. But at the end of the day, like it is just not as good as those two. And that's, that's fine by me because I'm, it's still at least on par with what I wanted out of it. Yeah. I think my fears of it being like real bad were, were washed away once I got farther in. And yeah. like, I honestly think in a weird way, we probably feel the same way about it. Cause I think that like we both have now doubled down on, on the earlier games being like gems of the past. Yeah, um, totally. And if this is, if this is just sort of like a uneven, like, cause like, again, like even though I've been pretty critical of the gameplay, if it does pick up, like you said, that's really good news. And I think that even in the six hours I've played, I've been having a lot more fun. Remember, I messaged my friends and I was like, I don't know. I'm real worried about this. Yeah. Like, I really want to love it. And then I mentioned again, I'm like, it's really picked up. Yeah, it's really it's I would still. And I think that, like. You know, it, it seems like most people are really happy with it, which I'm happy to see. Not, not that it should be judged by that, because listen, like if 100 people hate it, but you love it like that's that's valid like your love for something should not be changed because of how other people think yeah um so i'm just happy that like it exists and people seem to be content overall and i think that there's something really cherishable about the kingdom hearts fan base at least the people i've interacted with where like everyone who dearly loves this series like knows how bananas it is and almost celebrates that so i think that like 
there are very few people out there going into this being like, makes sense, <laughs> you know, because and, and I think, again, the comparison of the ride, like if you really consciously let go and you go into this game and, and you enjoy it for the elements it brings to the table, I think you have a lot of fun. I think in a world where we didn't have this show and I didn't have the backlog I do and I didn't have like the schedule I do, I would totally put more into this game, like un- unthinkingly. Yeah. Um unthinkingly that's a word uh without really thinking too much about it but i have to be a bit more like you know strictly my time just because of what we're doing right. so like that's that's why i'm like i'll give it a few more worlds i suppose <laughs> yeah yeah i th- yeah i agree with all of that every single bit of it um at the end of the day it it works for me so i'm gonna keep i'm really happy it. i'll probably play it until the end i do i do think like honestly that this game is like kingdom hearts 2's nobody like, <laughs> like if every once in a while, like even going to Twilight Town is the second place and seeing Hander Pence and Olet again, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And then it ends up only being the worst part of Twilight Town is the part that you can traverse. Like my least favorite part of Twilight Town was that area at the bottom with like the trams that go around. Um, yeah. And like, okay, so that's the part of Twilight Town that I get to see. I don't get to see anything else. I don't get to go to the train station where like a million different plot beats have happened across like eight different games. That's the part that I feel nostalgic about. Uh, and then even when they're like, okay, go to the old mansion. All right. So in the old, the way you used to get to the old mansion was there was a crack in the wall in the tram area, which was like the one defining trait of the tram area besides the tram. And then you go through the forest and then you end up at the, at the haunted house. But now that part of the wall has been fixed because, you know, it's been 15 years and you have to go through the literal sewer to make it to the old mansion, which you do not get to go into. So it's like, all right, you're making some choices that I definitely don't agree with. And that's honestly how I feel about the first like whole three hours of this game is like, yeah, you really had the worst first impression and that is going to turn so many people off immediately. And that's going to stick with people throughout their entire gameplay. Um, yeah. But like you said, as soon as I hit Toy Box and, and saw that, that opening uh, cutscene for Verum Rex, which then transitioned into a commercial that Rex was watching on TV, I was like, I'm fucking in. I'm like so yeah. in. That's how I felt too. I even said the phrase I'm in, I think, back like when I was with some friends watching yeah. me play it. Um yeah, I, I think I think I'll probably end up liking it more and more if if because I think we've had a similar experience so far. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2, nobody. Yeah, it's also <laughs> then like right after that Scrooge McDuck makes you find apples out of the trash that the rat can cook. Yeah. Yeah, that I, was rough. Yeah, <laughs> that I, was definitely a PS2 <laughs> moment where it was like. I gotta find nine apples. Okay. <laughs> yeah, can I tell you something? Like, I think the thing, the only thing that like really sticks with me that I dislike about the game actively as I'm continuing to play even now is like every time you take me out of the core gameplay stuff and like throw me into like a mini game that you invented just for this one moment. Like in Frozen, I just did a thing where I was like snowboarding down the side of a mountain. Um, and I don't know if this is just because I played a lot of Steep recently, but like it, it, it controlled. <laughs> terribly i was bumping into everything and it just was not fun it was just not a fun experience luckily it only lasted like a minute and a half and then ended with like a pretty good boss fight but like every time they take me out of what i like about kingdom hearts and throw me into a thing that they kind of like threw together and didn't like play test enough to make like smooth i'm like uh, i don't i don't want this this is not why i'm yeah. here um but anyway all that having been said i do enjoy the game i'm liking it a lot 
I would weirdly say if you have played previous games, you should try it and give it a whirl. And if you haven't played any previous games, I honestly think it might be the best one to start with and don't play any (laughs) other ones. Because like, here's the thing, people who have played a lot of these games or like a lot of but not all of these games and are missing pieces of the story are going to have like an emotional attachment to that plot that they are not going to feel fulfilled in any way, shape or form by this game because it is not holding your hand in terms of like trying to retrace your steps and like fill in the blanks that you might have. So like right. you're going to go into it and say, I hope this game holds my hand a little bit and then it does not and it makes no sense whatsoever, but you kind of know what's going on, but not enough to like attach yourself to it. I think if you go into this game with nothing, no preconceived notions, uh, no no attachment to the story or plot or whatever, you're just like, I'm going to play this game where a, a spiky uh, JRPG haired boy uh hangs out with donald and goofy and goes and visits disney worlds and like some weird shit's gonna happen you're gonna have a fucking great time because that's exactly what this game is yeah i think it's easy to forget how like sometimes i'm like oh wow this exists yeah it's like you know it's like oh wow like this is actually uh woody is like fighting a possessed doll uh this is great yeah yeah i um i think i I think I would agree. I think, I mean, it's definitely funny to recommend someone this game that has never played the other ones. Cause like I actually have a very good friend of mine is doing that now. And he's like, I just don't know. It's like, I can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I struggle. I think I see now, like a lot of the reviews have been like, it's a really impossible game to recommend or even to review. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope the takeaway of this isn't that like you like it and I don't because I think that we are kind of honestly on the same page in, in many ways. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, so I just think you're you're not at at the point where it's going to like take you in. Yeah, yet. I think I gotta give it a bit more time. But I think that I would say like if 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 anyone listening is like looking forward to this game and wants to play it, just know that like the first hour is rough. Like yeah. just know that like the the intro is gonna be rough and that it will get better. Um, but like the nightmare you were having, it was not one hat alone. Yeah. Uh, we all experienced Hercules world together. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to mention that in the first hour of the game, uh, you also do get a title card that says kingdom hearts 2.9 two is the Roman numeral 0.9, the actual number, which is like maybe the funniest thing that's ever happened in a video game. <laughs> uh, and like, I think they, they ha- they're aware. They know that like that's goofy. Not not the person goofy. <laughs> like that's like a stupid thing to do. Um, and they lean into it. I, I I also think like maybe the thing that best illustrates how I feel about this game uh is a moment that happens in Toy Box where um there's an organization thirteen member talking to Sora Donald Goofy and Woody, uh, and he's just like, you know, saying all the classic organization thirteen shit, just like going off on his whole thing like hearts uh, are combined with empty vet and whatever and woody cuts him off and goes whatever you're talking about i don't care and i was like <laughs> same woody we're on the same <laughs> level um, it's so funny it's so funny that like the toys and goofy are like the like hardened soldiers of this world yeah like get to the point pal i'm excited for you to uh, finish toy box because the ending is nuts and i need to talk to you about it yeah, I think we could probably honestly, depending on how much more I play and if, if my opinion changes, I feel like we could definitely talk about this again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, hopefully, dear listener, you found enjoyment in hearing us talk about this game that I feel like is truly 
uh, a unique experience to everyone playing it mm-hmm. uh, based on what you're going in expecting what you're going in knowing yeah um yeah i uh, i am i am now actually excited to experience more of it and i think i will feel more comfortable stating certain things giving it like another world like, yeah i think I, like my my plan was to give it tangled because tangled is one of my favorite uh one of my favorite movies uh from disney yeah same um yeah it's a good one uh it's also very good it's like that world is awesome i loved it yeah well i think i'm excited for that one in particular because what i like about tangled is the or are the characters and like i'm enjoying seeing how they will interact with the story um yeah uh that movie kind of has a forgettable score but i love the characters in that movie so i'm excited to see them um would have loved a Moana level, but you can't win them all. Yeah. I, I I think it's worth mentioning that like DLC is a possibility for this game. Oh, wow. Because it's 2019. Okay. I keep saying it's a PS2 game, but like there's a possibility that more stuff is going to get added to this game. I think, too, it's worth mentioning that uh, the loading screens are all the Instagram <laughs> posts from the characters, which are sometimes from like like there's one from riku that's like just him in hell basically and yes. he's like hashtag one step into the darkness hashtag my friends hashtag king mickey like yeah it's like what <laughs> i can't get enough of that that's like uh my my roommate was watching play and he just went okay and i walked out of the room <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, oh my god the the instagram is is bizarre uh, also there's a photo mode which like obviously i've been using a lot um, that's where my heart started to uh my nobody was was came in touch with my heart uh-huh. and i was steven again because i was in twilight town and i took a selfie and goofy flexed in the background yeah and then he went that was a good one i'm like it was good you know what i love i love goofy i love goofy i think he is the rock in this current of chaos that you can hang on to yeah and he'll get you through it oh well, um, i, I- you know talking about goofy becoming like the the sage at this point like i think what's interesting is that you would expect that to be donald the wizard but he is so unintelligible in this game like i can't understand a single fucking word donald says thank god there are subtitles and i love that donald's like i i I hate to say this but like donald acts like he's drunk the whole game like like he's like he really does feel like he had like an all-nighter and he's just like I, i can't do god i sound like uh Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, that was very Gilbert Godfrey. That was, that was Iago. <laughs> Sora! Um, I shouldn't yell. My neighbors will uh, be mad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Do uh, you want to wrap up? I do. That feels good. I do. Kingdom um, Hearts 3. It's a game that um, both of us kind of recommend. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I mean, listen, if you... <laughs> i don't think anyone's on the fence for this one no one's like should i get it i don't know yeah it's like you either have it or you're never gonna play it yeah i had Um, one person text me and say like hey kingdom hearts what's it all about should i get into it and i was like no (laughs) like just straight up i was just like no it's too late i think if (laughs) i think someone out there hasn't played the series and like wants to check it out and likes rpgs and like follows video games i i think that getting the collection yeah and playing the first one is the best way yeah is the best way to do it but i think then you'll probably want to play more and then you'll end up getting sucked into this whole thing yeah Uh, that person who who texted me asking if they should play this game like is a person that i just knew would not enjoy it but like there was so much hype that they were like hey should i play this 
Um, yeah. But I, I think if you are like actively interested in getting into Kingdom Hearts, just buy the the collection for PS4 or Xbox One. Um, if if that exists on Xbox One, I don't even know. But anyway, buy the collection, play that, and or get the first game for PS2, and then destroy both once you complete it, mm-hmm. uh, and then you're yeah. free. But yeah, I, I'm excited to play more. I want to make that clear. Um, I always feel bad being negative on the show. Um, but I think that like, you know, these are concerns and criticisms that we both actually have, but yeah. Anyway, let's wrap up. Yes. Um, quickly. One thing that I forgot was out that I'm going to play. I think immediately after we're done recording is the beta, the open beta for Anthem. Oh, okay. Which I'm very interested in playing considering our conversation about it during E3. Um, so that'll be fun. But anyway, uh, all of that having been said, thank you to everybody who listens to the show. Thank you to everybody who reviewed the show on iTunes. Uh, if you haven't done that, it would mean a lot if you went and did that. Uh, we have a Twitter account. It's at into the cast. Thanks to everybody who's been tweeting at us. Um, it's very cool. Uh, I feel yes. like we're slowly but surely building a little community around the show, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's it very quickly. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, the thanks are all uh, as Brendan's nobody. I'm basically like a a uh, shallow echo of his memories. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming into contact with him, I am kind of regating myself. Uh, <laughs> what would be my nobody name? Like Nexus to first. <laughs> like, yeah, it's your name jumble. It's your name like jumbled around with an X with an X in it. it right? Yeah. Uh, God, Stephen with a PH is tough. It doesn't sound threatening. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Can I just be the nobody that's name is nothing? Yeah. And it has the same beats as Throw Down Goofy. Like, haven't you heard? I'm the nobody that truly is no one. <laughs> I'm Steven's nobody. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, you can find me online at Stephen Hilger. Yes, you can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. Have a wonderful week, and if you're enjoying Kingdom Hearts 3, keep enjoying it. Keep enjoying it, even though we dunked on it. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Online.